So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this might be a little of a, yeah, <laughs> more silent episode. But I'll see. So, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics podcast. And today we actually, and I'm very sorry that I'm actually having to be a little more silent because everybody's asleep and I do not want to wake up everyone here in my fucking house. And so I hope this is just working out just quite fine. I'm not going to be told out, therefore my microphone is directly in my fucking face to somehow, yeah, uh, even that out, even that bump out that's in the episode. And by the way, I hope it's not too, yeah, you know, the piece and all these sounds that are very, very fucked up in this recording. I hope they aren't too just overwhelming now because it's so near to my face. But yeah, um, this is a great interview. So we are going ahead with a millionaire interview or we are starting with one because it is just a great filler episode. So um, I just by now want to go through um, this one summary so the 12 rules of life, uh, which is one of the summaries that I think we just yeah, have to go through for quite a long time because it is quite long and it's quite a lot to do. So yeah, and I really hope that you enjoy this episode. I really hope that you can get something out of it. And if you want to just enjoy the episode either as a YouTube video or as the podcast, um, yeah, just give a look at in the description of the podcast episode and or the video description of the YouTube video. Um, if you want to check out the, you know, the opposite kind of thing. <laughs> so like, you know, if you're on a podcast, a YouTube video, and if you're on a YouTube video, the podcast. So yeah. Um, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I, by the way, hope that it is not too... Um, yeah, not too dark, actually, I could actually, well, I'm doing, no, I can't, well, yeah, um, so this is quite an interesting interview, a uh, millionaire interview, it's the 26th uh, one on the isemoney.com website, and this time is, um, as well, a woman, which is totally great, which is really, really great, because, um, because, yeah, it is always nice to have women on the show and not always just men on here. Because, uh, yeah, you know, there are men so fucking often um, that it's just so refreshing and so nice to have just some women on and just their perspective and, you know, what they're doing to actually show, okay, if you're a girl, if you're a woman, it's also, you know, really simple, not easy, simple and, and you know, definitely possible that you're getting a, a millionaire as well. So yeah, and this is actually one of the, I'd say actually greatest, greatest summaries and this just, yeah, I'm gonna just tell about something why it's so great um, after we've come to the certain paragraph or point where 
I've just seen, okay, I just really want to go through this one because it is nice, it is great, it is amazing. So yeah, um, so a quick little overview as always. Um, so how old are you and your spouse and kids and you know, whatever you are having? Both my husband and I are 47 and we've been married for 12 years. We have three kids, a son and he is 11 years and a son and daughter who are both nine-year-old twins. Our daughter is loving, happy and wonderful. She also has severe learning disabilities. A big financial concern is that she might not be able to live independently in adulthood. And what area of the country do you live in? So either it's urban or rural. I don't actually know why this is so important for the interviewer. But, or interviewee? No, it's the interviewer. So I am an overseas American and have been for 20, 25 plus years. Since graduating from a university in the US, I have lived in seven different developing countries on three continents. I currently live and work in a rural in rural Lebanon. My family lives separately several hours drive away in Beirut, 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 and I visit them on the weekends. Which is, I guess, pretty difficult, isn't it? You know, if your kids and your husband and quite everyone is somewhere else than you are, you know, it, it always depends on how you're just dealing with it. And some people can deal with it way better than other people. So, yeah. If you're willing to do this as well, I do think that you should just get the, uh, yeah, the proper, <laughs> even though it sounds so wrong, the proper husband as well. And, and yeah, somehow you just, you know, need to have quality time with your family as well. So maybe using the weekends, as she said, maybe, or she, you know, is probably doing and or all the holidays there are and whatsoever, but it's definitely possible. Everything is possible if you just want to. It is everything possible. And now seeing that my voice is going drier and drier and drier, which is not good. And which is because I'm halfway uh, whistling. At least it feels like this, or seems like to be. Um, so what is your job and what type of job and the level? I am an aid worker and I work for a non-governmental organization, which is a NGO in the field of economic development. I'm currently a country manager overseeing about 40 staff. What is your current net worth? It is 3.4 million. And what are the main assets that make up your net worth? So stocks and real estate, business, home, retirement accounts, etc. And any debt that offsets part of these. And now comes the really great point about this whole interview. Our entire net worth is, is in mutual funds, mostly Vanguard low-fee index funds. 45% in the S&P 500, which is the VFIAX, which is 30% in small and medium cap companies, and VEXAX, which is 50% in corporate bonds and the VWETX and the rest in non-US stock funds and US government bonds. We don't own a house and we have no debts. And the incredible part about this is that it is actually the fucking thing that I've been talking about in the last million interview. It just entirely is. And it's just the thing that 
Tony Robbins is all the fucking time talking about. And as I'm seeing now, her salary isn't isn't even much. It is something. It definitely is something. It's not. It's not a low income. Definitely not. But it's not like a million a fucking year. You know, it definitely isn't. So it's mainly index funds, and this is totally something that you can do as well. You know, you just have to wait and just you know invest as much money as you can. You know, the more you invest, the higher you you. you your return will be after you've just yeah uh, kind of ended investing and after you just and you just see your money compounding or wait for your money to compound um so what is your annual income my salary is $69,000 a year which is 69 divided by 12 because i'm always fucking doing it which is 5.75 it is definitely something so 5k a fucking month. I don't know if it's just uh, with tax or without tax or whatever it is actually called. And but you know if it's you know with tax and you know everything, then it's a lot. You know 5k or nearly 6k a month is totally something. You know you can do a lot with this money and especially invest a lot with this money. Um, but that can. Uh, almost double with additional hardship pay, danger pay, housing and education allowances, and travel tra- travel per dime. I've had periods between jobs with no pay, but in general my salary has increased as I've climbed the career ladder. I was an intern, volunteer, uh, lowly paid worker, salaried worker, and program manager before becoming country manager. When I travel a lot, or when I live in a turbulent area, I receive extra pay. I guess so, you know, if you just really are quite in danger, I hope that she gets, you know, way more paid. Way more. Um, so what is your main source of income? Be as specific as possible. Job, investments, inheritance, etc. My job and only my job. My mutual fund investments pay dividends, but I reinvest all of them. My husband came into our marriage with no savings and he's a stay-at-home dad, which is, I think, incredible. It's just incredible to see that um, some men actually can do that and actually are also willing to do that, you know, because, I don't know, I, I wouldn't like to do this. I wouldn't, because maybe it's just... I kind of have this somehow yeah i don't know maybe i have this per- perception in my mind that it it shouldn't be this way or that i do not want to have it this way because it has never been this way but i actually don't know i don't know um but i just have to say okay if you're happy and if you're really happy with what you're doing and you know whatsoever then it's great it is really great and um, the only thing I just wish to everybody, besides actually being healthy and whatsoever, is being happy. You know, because I understand that if you're happy, everything is quite great. No matter what you're doing, no matter if you're doing something or not. Ah. So what is your annual spending and what are the main expenses you have? Our household expenditures are around 60 Wait a second. 60,000 and we pay an additional USD 20,000 per year in medical and special education expenses for our daughter. So do they just 
well, she said, okay, her base salary is somehow 69,000, and it definitely could be just the double amount of it, so, um, yeah, so I guess that's fine. How did you accumulate your net worth? I invested when I was young and compound interest did its magic, which is basically the thing that I'm just talking about, you know, just waiting and, and, and waiting and just waiting. And which is the same thing as Warren Buffett is always talking about, you know, everybody wants to get rich very fast and, you know, as fast as possible. But the thing is, people get rich slow through compound interest or through building a business or through such a lot of things that just take a lot of time. So the majority of my net worth comes from the beginning of my career. A lot of expenditure workers use the low cost of overseas living plus the tax savings to have a good time. Um, a lot spend their money on exotic travel and some drink their salary away. <clears throat> but not everyone does that. I live with extreme frugality and upload money into low-fee mutual funds. Even when my salary wasn't very high, I saved saved up to 70% of my gross income. In the first 15 years of my career, I saved an average of $40,000 a year, and that average varied a lot from year to year. Uh, one year was zero, for example, the average was 40,000 per year. So, And after I got married, my salary continued to go up, but my savings rate tapered off. In the last 10 years, I've averaged 15,000 per year which is still a lot, I guess, you know, and which is totally, totally something. It is, you know, um, some people to just save nothing. And all my savings went into mutual funds. My returns of income, which is the ROI, if you don't know, has averaged, averaged 9% per year, which is um, because if you just remember, she was only quite, or most of the time quite, uh, investing into S&P 500, um, which is an index fund that actually is investing into 500 different companies in the United States, um, like Google and, and Facebook actually, and Apple, and you know, quite all of them, like all of them big ones and also some smaller ones. And their average return from the past I think 30 years, so I guess it was from 1993 up to quite now, was 9.8% uh, each year. Which means, if we calculate that, if we calculate that, um, let's say you saved up 40 one, two, three, 40,000. And then we divide it by, or we multiply it. Don't, do we divide it? By one, dot nine. Is it this? Hmm, 
I think it actually is divided by. No, I'm sorry. Just have to think. Um, no, this is. Yeah, um, so 9%, I hope, of 40,000 is actually 3,600. Which means that it is $43,600 just because you used your $40,000 as an investment and plus the A1, D9 point, actually... It is 9.8. Does this make any difference? It does. Um, plus the 9.8% comes up to $33.920. $1,920. Which is a lot through one year. And then if you take this one and add another. Like we we're going to do this right now. So the 30, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm just reading because the last time I actually explained it. <laughs> um, that is not a spe spectacular, um, that is not as spectacular as ISE's return. So it is from the ESI's or ESI's return, but it is roughly the same as the S&P 500 over the same period. So I'm happy. And that brings me today's total of 3.4 million. What money mistakes have you made along uh, the way? One little and one big lesson. The little lesson is that I should have taken great advantage of tax-free savings. I didn't put much, didn't put much, didn't put much, put much uh, into a regular IRA, Roth, or a 401k plan. And there are a lot of reasons. My non-US employers don't have 401ks. My taxes are complicated by overseas income and I wanted my savings to be liquid since aid workers frequently lose their jobs. The problem is that now I pay a painful amount of taxes to the IRS every year on dividends and capital gains. The major lesson is that I should have talked to my spouse more about money and we might have saved more. Uh, my husband is from Europe and before we got married we talked a lot about cultural, family and religious differences, but not enough about money. His country has high taxes and a social safety net, at least in theory, um, which is the basic thing that we are also having. So um, in the States it is quite like everything is just, yeah, everybody's just doing their stuff, isn't it, you know? Um, and the state basically doesn't pretty much take care of people who are not making as much money as as somebody else so it doesn't quite just you know take money like a robin hood system somehow you know take the money from the rich and just kind of diversify it over the whole just country and the same thing in austria where i'm living actually and in the states i guess it's it's not like this so as i know at least um there is no like social safety net um, so savings are not a big deal. By the time I met him, I was used to frugal living and high savings. And we might have avoided a lot of uh, marital stress 
and saved more if we have talked a bit more. Um, uh, hmm. So what have you learned in the process of becoming wealthy that others can learn from? Compound interest truly is magic. Save as much as you can, er, as early as you can, and be patient. The payoff will be wonderful. Another lesson is to save, save, save as much as you can, even if you don't understand finance. I stayed simple, invested in what I could grasp, and firmly ignored what I didn't understand. That's prevented me from making some dumb mistakes, particularly when I was with some high-pressure financial salespeople. Makes sense. Um, so what are you currently doing to maintain or grow your net worth? Um, living within our means, my husband and I still put some salary into our mutual funds. But it's not as much as when I was single. After many years of discussions and disagreements, I am now okay with that. My husband is probably um, correct that we have passed the point where dividends and capital gains exceed whatever we save from my salary. I have adjusted my attitude and expectations and I enjoy life a little bit more. Um, yeah, she targeted 3 million as as uh, her just like uh, uh, like her future actually uh, her future um, net worth but he, uh, she succeeded it actually <clears throat> or surpassed it actually um, what are your plans for the future regarding lifestyle um, okay not so interesting <laughs> No, maybe. So when the moment comes for us to retire, my husband and I will calculate and sustainable uh, our sustainable rate of withdrawal and we will use the 4% rule as a starting point and see what's possible. We hope to retire to a big city, taking into consideration that big cities are expensive and we will need an apartment and neighborhood where both we and our daughter can live for the rest of our lives. Um... Is there any advice you have for ESI money readers? According to uh, wealth accumulation, save. Save as much as you can, as soon as you can. The orthodoxy is that workers should save the most when the career income is the highest. Um, that's not what I did. I saved the most in the beginning of my career and have never regretted it. Um... Oh, so uh, there is something about man and woman, uh, which is quite interesting, but I thought like, you know, there's not enough time um, to actually go through this, so I'm going to read it, um, which is the bonus question, and yeah, this is quite everything, it wasn't that long, it really wasn't, uh, but I think, you know, still interesting. Um, so is there a gender component to accumulation win or accumulating wealth? Um, editor's note, I allow interviewees to add extra questions if they like. 
most don't. Um, absolutely yes, I am the only one who notices that ISE Money Millionaire, ISE Money Mi Millionaire interviews are mostly, or quite only, with men, and I, I had three big advantages in my career. One, my parents fully supported my choices. They were willing to allow their single daughter to travel around the world, including to some pretty worrying countries, and establish an overseas career. Two, my current and long-term employer is very family friendly. They generally try to provide work-life balance. And when I was pregnant, everyone was honestly overjoyed. I felt no pressure to work harder than my pregnancy allowed or resentment from those who picked up this, this slack. In fact, my male boss carefully outlined and strongly encouraged me to take all uh, maternity benefits, including generous paid leave, paid leave. Um, when my maternity leave, leaves were over, I returned to my old position without problems. My employer empathetically breaks the stereotype of a workplace that personalizes, penalizes women for having babies. Three, and perhaps most importantly, I have a rare and exceptional husband who supports me uh, with my career and our family. We have switched roles since I am the breadwinner and he is the accompanying spouse and caregiver. He has moved with me from country to country and he gave up his career to be a stay-at-home dad. This became particularly critical after the twins were born and our daughter's special needs were identified. It hasn't been easy since his family only begrudgingly accepted the situation. I'm internally grateful and appreciative. I can only hope that such men and such a situation will come more common in the future. Men don't have to worry about these factors or these three factors. They are encouraged to see the world. It is okay for them to work in a family-unfriendly environment and prioritize career over family. And it is much easier for a wife or mother to stay at home. That's not fair. And it's changing, but not quickly enough. Finally, I'm grateful to ESI and the other financial bloggers. And I hope we'll see more women in the financial sphere. I agree with ESI that Suze Orman is usual unusual and not someone that that others neither man or woman can emulate but mrs firecracker at millennial revolution and others are a good start i hope i can contribute to the field myself some day yeah um quite interesting i think um yeah think um very interesting summary <laughs> sorry not summary interview um but do you have a target net worth uh you're trying to attain i haven't read this one and because we do have some time left i think i'm just going to go through it just no not very quickly but just in a regular tempo but or speed actually so um yeah um, so my husband and I originally targeted 3 million, but that was before we had children. Our current lifestyle is interesting and sustainable in the short term, and we will stick with it for now. The deciding factor might be uh, my employer's next assignment. I really, really want a family-friendly duty station where I can live with my kids. If my employer can't find one for me, then I might be a good time to retire. Another big factor is healthcare. We want to retire to the US, but my overseas career means we won't have any employer-provided insurance. 
Also, my daughter's special needs might be seen as a pre-existing um, condition. We are paying close attention to the reinvigorated uh, debate about America's healthcare system and coverage. Um, finally, we fear that the stock market might go down in the near future. Almost all of our net worth is tied up in America, American mutual funds, and it would be bad timing to retire just as a stock market correction hit. Well, it's 10%. You know, a correction is 10%. Um, not that bad. You know, it is bad, but it's not that bad. Um, but yeah, I hope this episode was somehow great. Um, it is now 11.44 p.m. So quite late. And yeah, um, I didn't do anything that I do just have to do today. I'm going to have to do the posts or make the posts quite afterwards and upload the videos and the podcast. And yeah, and this then would then just be my day. So yeah, um, with this being said, hope you have a wonderful day. I wish you the best health, wealth, happiness and success. And do not forget to remember how you're going to be remembered. So actually taking care of the people that are around you and um, actually giving back to the people even if they haven't given you something. So just being the nice person, just, you know, yeah, just really going for your legacy. And I really wanted to be 30 minutes, so I'm just now maybe waiting. And um, I just wish you the best for your entire life and for, for whatever you're doing. And I hope you find yourself a great job as well and that you might even be able to maybe invest a lot in index funds. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really hope you have a wonderful life. I, I really truly hope and I just really, yeah, hope and wish this every single person outside there, you know. And, you know, even though I do have to say, okay, there are certain people who are just really fucked up and that are not that nice to others or who just, yeah, I don't know, uh, terrorists or some shit like this. Which is then nothing nice so nice but but yeah now the 30 minute mark is over and i'll see you the next time i love you